You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. As a child, this St. Albans Queens native carried the nickname Stats for his sponge-like ability to memorize, calculate, and dictate sports statistics at the drop of a dime. He parlayed his fascination with sports into a career as a sports columnist, writing for publications such as Newsday, The Undefeated, and a host of radio, print, and TV stations around the country. He even partnered with childhood friend Fife Dog from A Tribe Called Quest to produce a radio show called Fanalist prior to the untimely death of the rap legend. He covered hoops throughout the city in the 90s when New York basketball was on fire and quickly ascended the sports writer ranks locally. Today, he's the deputy editor and senior writer for theshadowleague.com. On this episode of Dribbling Dimes, we sit and rap with sports writer J.R. Gamble. So this is Manny Digital, your boy. Uh, another episode of Dribbling Dimes. Mm-hmm. And in front of me today, we have... Yep. I mean, J.R. Gamble, the yeah. gambler, man. Um, <laughs> you writer know? for uh, the Shadow League. Right for the Shadow League, senior writer and um, deputy editor at theshadowleague.com, your intersection for sports, pop culture, and entertainment. Ooh, that's a hell of a plug. Yep. So <laughs> I've been there six years as part of my journey, yeah. you know, in this sports media landscape, right. you know, which began... You know, some time ago, probably I'd say I dated to 1995. So wait, I, I want to give a, you a round of applause for me because you are our first writer. Oh, all right, cool. Show. So thank you, thank you for having us. Yes, <laughs> anytime, man. I love to talk basketball. Yeah, you know, and I know, I know baseball is your first love. Mm, yes, and, and for those that can't see, I mean, he's got on a, a Cleveland jersey with the, with Gamble on the back. Gamble on the back. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but but you have a, a, mm-hmm. de- a deep knowledge of the game of basketball. Yep, um, a lot of experiences. A bunch of stuff. So go ahead, c- continue because you were talking about the ACC. Yeah, no, <clears throat> and then uh, you know, and then back to uh, the Big East has you know is much different now, and it was obliterated due to football. Yeah, you know, a disrespect of the game of basketball right. due to the greed and money of, of these power conferences and football and these shifts mm-hmm. for the basketball team. Wanted up being, you know, being subject to some bad things happening to the right. program. Right. So it's all good. So until now, you know, where I got to honestly admit the games changed, the scenes changed. I'm a dad now right. with different things. I'm not as in love with the local scene of as basketball? I, of basketball why? as Tell I used why. to be. Well, well you, you kind of, you had the cheat code to a degree, right? Because you were in that. Yes, I was in that era, that 90s era, the and one mixtape era. I went to schools where, you know, guys like Rafa Austin, I went to Cardozo. He he launched the mixtape ever. He's one of the few guys you'll ever see that had over a decade career in the NBA 
and is a playground legend. A lot of times, he's the That's one or the other. No, he's one of the most successful basketball players I've ever seen. And, you know, we go back to just rolling dice <laughs> outside the school on Jamaica Avenue in the morning. You know, that those are the days. CeeLo, right, you know, right. 91, 92. And, and basketball prodigy after basketball prodigy after basketball prodigy was coming out of Queens and right. Brooklyn. You know, going back to Marbury and, you know, and then the Catholic. And, and at that time, the, the Catholic CSAA. school... Was everything. Now, we had some little legends. Mm -hmm. Dudes like little Dave Edwards. Don't went know. to Andrew Jackson. He ended up at St. John at um, Georgetown. He's a play, Georgetown. He's a playground legend. Okay. Boo Harvey. I've heard. Went to St. John's. He, another playground, you know, playground legend. And um, different guys like that that, you know, elevated their game. But none, none as dope as, as Rafa. Right. You know, and then the CTA was everything. Malik Sealy came out of, you know, Brian Reese with North Carolina. Um, they had some such big-time guys that came out there back then. Derek Phelps went to Christ the King. They went to North Carolina. They had, they had all the players, and man. you covered a lot of these cats yeah. in your journey. Yeah, right? I covered some of them in high school. Right. And, and I covered some of them in college, a lot of them in college. Tell, tell me, know? like, from the high school, again, like, we talk about it on the, on the podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. like, that 90s era mm. was something really special. And, and I, I mean, you could argue, it was almost like synonymous with hip-hop. Because the golden era of hip-hop was yeah. adjacent to that same vibe. It sure is. And they say guys that would have made it, couldn't have made it back then, make it now. You got your guys like, you know, Eric Barkley yeah. and Conrad McCray mm -hmm. that that were awesome players on in the PSAL level. And then... You know, Barkley went to St. John's, and they, they were like from Christ the King. They were great players, but in today's age, they probably would have made it. Yeah. Back then, who I feel like you had to be, in, like really a cut above the rest mm -hmm. to actually make it. Not just one dimensional, as you can make it now, being you know a one dimensional player. Well, today, and this is where I, I guess I have to I have to clarify. So. Mm -hmm. Being one-dimensional today's game, I think, largely depends on your shooting ability. Right. 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 Where versus somebody like a Dennis Rodman in this day and age would not. No. Would not make it. No. But back then was essential in in the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Rebounded, tough defense. Yeah. You you can't play defense the same. Nah, they don't. There's no real defense. Anymore. You know. So that shit is kind of weak. Because let me ask you, man, who's the, who's the last great player though? Getting back to the, the borough to come out of Queens. You know, it's like, come on, man. Well, you're like. Oh, he's the one. Artest, maybe? That's what I'm saying. Him? I'm that's what I'm saying. And I know those guys, I got stories on that's another thing. I got stories on any anybody well, you want gonna, through like through my travels. Uh, I'm gonna let you all get, I, get to where you want to I used to pick Artest. Like, okay, I went I went to Queen when I went to Queen's College. Yeah. Artest. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know Artest was going to St. John's yeah. actually at the time. So I used to be jetting up Casino Boulevard. I used to always see him waiting for the bus. I don't know. Our times just used to coincide. I had an afternoon class. I guess he had practice with Mike Jarvis and them mm -hmm. um, at, at that time. So I would always see him at least five times. I'm driving up Casino, and I, to me, that's I'm like that's far run. Right. Let me go Queensbridge. Let me go see what's good. I had a green Mitsubishi Gallant. I mean, had the little little chromies on them, but the cap on chromies. <laughs> right? They look just as good, sparkling. You know, because my car was it was to the year. Yeah, it was oh, okay. it was to the year. Okay, it was, this is '95. So I had the 95 so Mitsubishi Galan. I drove that off the lot with my man pumping Groove Theory. Tell me. Okay. You know, yeah, like I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we popped the tape in. My man C Murder. We popped the tape in. We drove off. 
pumping it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's just you know, like out. soundtracks yeah. of your life. Yeah, it all go out. together. It all go to Jordan. You know, the nineties, mm-hmm. group theory, hip hop. It, it's all one thing. All so yeah, I would pick. I I pulled over. I was like, Yo, Ron, what's up, bomb bomb? You need a ride up to the dude? He hop in. Oh, I, I drive him up to the joint. I did that like five times. It just happened. But y'all were people? No, nah. Oh, okay, you just knew. Nah, you just nah, because I was just starting my... I was still in college, but I was starting my career. I was writing for Newsday, yeah. newspaper a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that made it easy. I knew mm-hmm. a lot of the players. I had access. So then me, I'm just... I was just... Out there like that back. I'm talking to the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I see Ron Artest standing at the bus stop. I'm going to say a few words. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to pick Ron Artest up and take him where he got to go. Right. Because Ron Artest on his way. And, you know, I can't have Ron Artest out there standing the at the bus, man. You about to, you know, you about to take St. John's to the Final Four. Right. You about to then become a Nick, I thought. Yeah. But they passed sorry. him over. I know. I'm still. I'm still mad about. But that. they passed him over. I know. Don't. You don't have to say it. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they right. We still. We still suffering. That's why Steph didn't fall to us. We didn't do the right thing. Wait. That's what. Go- <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you started talking about, you know, the beginning of your career. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you mentioned Newsday. Mm-hmm. How did you? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, how did you even decide? You know what? This is something I like to do. Okay. Because coming from where we come from. Mm-hmm. Reading and writing aren't typically, not that we don't know how to do it, we prefer to do other things. Right. Right. Those aren't things that we just default to and be like, oh, I, I want to write. Well, I love sports since I was young. I love the numbers. I love the statistics. Mm-hmm. They used to give me a little nickname and call me stats okay. or whatever when I was young because I knew so much about the NFL stats, NBA stats, MLB stats. You could ask me who's the top five leading scorers. This is when you had to study the newspaper and all these things. It wasn't no Google. Now, nah, who's the top five leading scorers? Who, who has the top five batting averages in the American League? Who's the top three stolen base leaders in the American League? Who has the highest shooting percentage? Shit. You know, NBA. I, you I could run off all that? those things, yeah, because I studied the newspapers on Sunday when they came out. I study all the stats. There's no computer to hop on, yeah. find out. You have to go in magazines. Sometimes the stats was a week late wow. from, through the magazine. Yeah, so yeah. you had to round off, really. Oh, you didn't have those reports. You didn't have those reports every night. You know, so all that war and PR and all those things. I was doing that. You were doing that in your mind wow. already when we were young. If you understand what I'm saying, yeah. metrics, you're projecting because you might be a week behind in the stats. So you figure, um, Elijah Wan's averaging 26. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I looked at the box scores. They did list the box scores, but not also you might miss a game on the box scores. They mm-hmm. might only list the most popular box scores sometimes. Oh, right, so right, let's right. see. I go to the box scores from the newspapers I had that week, add up his totals. I do them myself or I project. He probably had 23 and 11 that night. And then you round off. You know, you was never mm-hmm. far off with your stats. Yeah. But let me ask you a side tangential mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Were you also kind of the the person that had everybody's phone number memorized? Like, were you kind of like the de facto phone book in your in your house? Yes, I I did have all the num- vital numbers memorized, right. yeah. but I can't say that I was a big math fan. Oh, I'm a stats fan. Because you can attach that to... It's like, give me the sports section of the newspaper. Don't give me Hamlet. Mm. (laughs) Catching the rye and all that shit. Right. (laughs) No, give me Athlons. Give me Sports Illustrated. These are old school. Give me Baseball Digest. Mm -hmm. Baseball Weekly. The old school joints. So you Um, had subscriptions to all of that? Yeah, I had subscriptions to all of that. All I had about five magazines a week coming ran, to my house. Ran through these every yeah, week. I ran through them. Yo, I have such a tough time to read a magazine at all. Well, monthly, it's still tough. I'm a victim of society like everyone else. I do not like reading 
yeah. much as I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I will do it because there's nuggets you get in books and a creativity that's allowed. Yeah. That pushes you in books that you definitely don't get anymore. Everything's right. just right out there for you. That's I mean, true. I mean, if you want to find twerking, <laughs> there's more. There's more videos on miscellaneous women, doctors, lawyers, mothers <laughs> twerking. And info you can find on Martin Luther King now. Yeah, that's true. So damn. That, <laughs> and then and then we're upon Black History Month. Timely. So we well, so we were talking about the start. So yeah. yeah. Always wanted to do it. Went to school, went to college, a couple colleges. Decided, hey, before I even officially graduated from Queens College, I had met Rob Parker. Okay. Big talent on FS1. Yeah. A Hall of Fame baseball writer. Been in the game since the 80s. You know, he was on ESPN First Take with Stephen A. Smith, who actually he mentored and brought into the business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I met. Oh, he's out from, he's from around here, too. He, Stephen he's, A. Yeah, Stephen A's from Hollis. Right. Rob's from right up the block right. in Queens, so they knew each other, and Rob mentored Stephen A. Same way Rob mentored me, you know? How, so, wait, how does this, was it a chance meeting? Or no, well, Rob, the when I would come into the corner store, Disco Deli, right on the corner, right. I used to even work there when I was young. Rob's picture would always be hanging up, his columns. He was a columnist for Daily News, for Newsday, for like one of the first black sports columnists. I'm talking back in the early 80s. Okay. 85, 86, when I was 11, 12 years old, you know? And I was just inspired because I love sports. And I was like, you know, they say, if you see it, you believe it. Yeah. Now, I don't think just seeing him made me want to be a sports writer. I listened to all the all the greats, yep. whether they were white, black, it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I was just a sports guy. It just so happened there weren't many black voices, especially on the radio. And writing a column in New York City, absolutely right. not. So, and on top of that, he was very well educated and skilled at the craft. Oh yeah, skilled at the craft. He went to um, Columbia Journalism School, oh, which wow. is one of the biggest journalism schools, okay. you know, country. He went there. Then he worked out somewhere. He went to Newsday very early. Went to Daily Daily News. Covered baseball forever. He covered. Went out to Cincinnati. Covered the Reds. Mm -hmm. He's covered the Detroit. He's known for being in Detroit because that's when his ESPN career started. He also wrote for the Detroit. Free Press and the Detroit News, and he had a big time radio show out there. Okay, and let me tell you That's what, a big sports city. yeah, on, it was a top ten show on the, on Detroit's biggest market. I think WDF and ninety seven one in in Michigan, in Detroit, in Michigan. I'm surprised you even tried that. I yeah. have no clue. I can't remember, <laughs> but uh, but this is why it's important. It's because in doing that show, we kept in touch in my various journeys. I went out to North Carolina after wait, that. Wait, but how did you actually meet? Oh, so you skipped that. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me on track, man. Because I, as you can see, I can take it nah, from A to Z. We at I'm at Queens College. I'm finishing up. Yep. I'm in the journalism program, the ballot program is business arts, business and journalism, okay. liberal arts okay. program, right? And we have to do a story on a breaking news story. But we like have as, to as far as like homework. Or yeah. Assignment. Yes, an assignment. Okay. Cover breaking news story. Try to get to the actual reporter who okay. wrote it and speak to him about it. Okay. So all I do is I call Newsday. You look it up in the Rolodex, mm -hmm. in, you know, um, in the phone book, and it said Newsday. Then you look for you call. It says the sports department for Rob Parker Press One Two. You know, and I'm like, we kind of connected anyway because Julie says she told him about me. That's the lady. The lady at the store had already yeah. mentioned. That I have a young guy that wants to meet you, but he's so busy flying here. I mean, he's covering the Mets, the Yankees, like, mm -hmm. and that's back in the days where beat reporters traveled with the team. 
They didn't. Everybody didn't have access like now. Right. So you, he was everywhere. But finally, and he'll tell you an interesting story too. He erased the first message I left in haste. You know, he coming back to the aunt. Boom. I didn't hear back from him the next day. I called again. The next day. I was persistent like that. That's good. He tells me to this day. Now we're tight. He's my son's. All these years later, wow. right? He says, if you ain't called back that second time, I erased the number. He's like, once you call back, I saw how persistent you were. He's like, most people have tried to get me for things and never called back. He's like, I got to get up with this guy. So, right? What, what was your message? How did you break it down to him? Like, I got to be honest with you. This is like 95. Yeah. I, I, I do not remember. I said, you know, I'm. Jay, Jay Gamble, I'm trying to do a story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm from Queens. Okay. Okay. Julia Disco Deli. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I definitely always use the plugs in, yeah. you know, with Go, I Gotta Go. And I'm like, I would love to do an interview on you. So, make a long story short, we met at a diner on Queens Boulevard. Mm-hmm. That's very popular. Right? My grandmother, my abuelita, yeah. <laughs> rest in peace, uh-huh. drove me. My car was jacked back okay. then. I was driving a hoop, dude. Right. Drove me to the diner to meet him. She thought it was a big opportunity. Sat there and waited for me to have lunch with this guy and interview him. Wow. Right? That's a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. She died in 2005. Damn. Five. Yeah. 10 years after, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but, um, yeah, and I interviewed him. And I wrote the story. I got a great grade. He loved it when he wrote, read it, and said, "You know what? I don't know. You know how far you are along in school. I was just finishing up journalism." Mm-hmm. He's like, "But you ready now? I'm gonna plug you with the high school um, editor at Newsday, a lady named Sylvia King. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from me, you good? Going there, see, she got an assignment for you. Try your best. Nah, dead ass." I mean, no. there, was, there was hurdles, I'm sure, but like No, that. it's like that. Try your best. Hold on. Now, I had, but I had to now show I could write a story. Uh-huh. I can report. Right. I can go out, gather the proper quotes, get the story written within the time that the paper's going to go to press, mm-hmm. deal with the criticism of official editing. It's back. not like it is now, throwing what you want. Dude using emojis, LOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, was a handbook format. called the AP hand Style Book. Okay. That you had to follow like the Bible. Mm. And if you didn't know it, you were considered a bum okay. in this game. It, way different back then. The AP style game. AP style handbook, handbook. for okay. all media. Hold on, wait, wait. Let me take you back a second. Where did you publish that article with Rob Parker? Okay. Class? Was it published or was no. it an assignment you No, it was an assignment. Okay, okay. They didn't publish it like the school newspaper or nothing like no. that? No, okay. no. But... I did write for the, the newspaper at Queens College. Okay. Because, since you brought because, and I was on scholarship okay. at Queens College. Dope. Huh? That's dope. For because, what? For sports? To write, to cover all the sports in that school because it was a D3 school they, they and they were just you, growing. They give you a scholarship to attend Queens College to write. They had one scholarship up for grabs for someone that could write for the quad, that was the name of the paper, and okay. do all the sports and also bring them more publicity. I had the listen. I had the end at Newsday already. I was already freelancing for Newsday. I was still in college because Rob hooked me. Right. So I was like, I came in there, me and two boys. I was like, well, aside for the fact, I think I'm a really good writer. I can guarantee that your stories will get in the paper. He said, huh? I was like, yeah. 
Why could I guarantee that? You dropped the plug. From my freelancing, all high school sports at first. Okay. Which I was familiar. I had gone to Cardozo. Right. I knew the basketball scene. I knew the anything, the baseball scene, the soccer scene. I knew a lot of the coaches. I was comfortable maneuvering in Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah. You know? I was young crazy. still. I was right. 25, 20. No, no, I was 25. I was 23 at the time. I was mm-hmm. 25 when I went to. 23, so I was maneuvering, you know. The, the, the players would so easily speak to me. I was dressed the same way they were. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was coming up. <laughs> yeah, I got an interesting story for you. I tell you, I don't care at all. But the, it involves a, a notebook, a strong scent of marijuana, and a very observant 15-year-old girl. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That's hella bad. And I was right like, there. I got to cut the work tighter than this. <laughs> Excuse me, mister. Reporter, your bookstore smells good. <laughs> Very embarrassing well, moment. Thank you, young thank lady. You. <laughs> Two decades ago, I was like, you're very observant. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, getting getting back oh, to that. Yeah, I covered all the high school, so I, you know I, I was good. And then I, they gave me, they had a leisure section, okay. not in the sports section. It was a leisure section. We might cover local. Sports, different things like bocce ball, oh, okay. um, the YMCA championship, Junior Knicks at the Cross Island, mm-hmm. some different stories. A man who is a ha- coach's handball for kids. I did all those stories. You got a lot of freedom there because I had to just find a story. They didn't really care about the leisure section, okay. but I got 175 a week to write that damn story. And when you're 22, Shit. you know what I'm saying? Plus, what I was, I was getting um, back then, I was getting 150 a, a story. The freelance. How does that work, though? Like, if you, let's say, I mean, you mm-hmm. have freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So you go out and you say, all right, I want to cover bocce ball, for example, mm-hmm. right? That was just with the leisure Yeah, yeah, with thing. the leisure, with the leisure. Yeah. So you go and you cover whatever for bocce ball for the leisure, mm-hmm. right? You do what you do, you submit it. Do they have, I'm assuming okay. they rejected. Back then, yeah, I know my stories never got rejected. Oh, uh, uh-uh. nice like that. Yeah. <laughs> my stories never yeah, got rejected. Yeah. I've had a story get ripped to shreds. Uh-huh. Criticized. And they're like, yo, you got to put this here, that there, that there, that there. Nah, nah, uh-uh, uh, nope, nope. Here you go. <laughs> we, we worked it. Dump all on it, right? Okay. Now it was rare, but it's happened. Yeah. Especially with big stories. Stories that back in the newspaper day, they call them A1 stories. Okay. That was going to go in the front of the paper, right. even though they were sports stories. Then it went through like three chains of command, though, because you had to go to the sports the first eyes at the sports desk, system yep. editor. Then you go to the editor at the sports desk. Then you t- then the news editors look at it because it's going a one. Right. Right. Everybody so gotta buy in. no trash winning the paper. Mm. It might not even be yours when it's done. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It might have just been reworked so much. Oh my god. Yeah, back then, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's your name. Okay, got it. Got That's it. why editors were so important back then. Got it. It's like engineers in, on a song. Yeah. People don't know the engineers most prolific and important person in the process of making the artist sound a certain way, mm-hmm. especially back in the day right. before the, the it got more albums. digital, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was everything. Because when Tupac come in the studio and said, yo, I'm not doing any dub overs, this is it. Right. And then if he does add lit but dub overs and they're not lined up, and he says, I'm not doing them since again. That's where the end, the magic of the engineer comes in. You're like, man, you know? That's why they pay these engineers. They used to pay these engineers big money, though, not to get off track, no, to, no. to engineer these hip-hop songs back in, like, 90s and 2000s. Yeah. I mean, whoo, hundreds an hour. Those dudes would sit in there, get fat, 
<laughs> shout out Timberland. Yeah, shout out all them guys. There's one guy named Christos that I used to know, and he used to do everybody, Mary J. Bond, everybody, uh, all the rest of them. He was from the Bronx. Oh, yeah. And he had a studio, I think, in Manhattan, and he worked closely with Bad Boys and other people. He just had work all the time, man. He was, he was really good. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, and then... um. So, so Queens College picked you up, gave you a scholarship because of your clout and your masterful ways of doing things. Yeah, pretty much. But you're still covering high school hoops at News. But I started, yeah, I started moving into the college stuff. Like, okay. my first All-Star game I covered was... Um, I think Kobe Bryant versus Michael Jordan. NBA All-Star game. First NBA All-Star ah. cover was Kobe Bryant versus, versus Mike. That was like 98. That was at the Garden. Yeah. So I got I got my first credentials to go down there to the Garden. I got to go to the press conference. That's my first time really interviewing big-time guys. I remember I interviewed uh, Gary Payton, um, mm. Dikembe Mutombo. Um, I remember that it was a practice, and Kobe came to the practice, but Mike – Set out the practice, okay. So I didn't get to meet Mike then, but later on, a, month, a bunch Kobe of times, time? yeah, oh, in '98. How how was that? Like, especially that's your first time mm-hmm. in that environment, mm-hmm. you know, credentialed up, right? Were you nervous? Like, how was the vibe? Nah, I didn't really get nervous because I really wanted to do this since I was little. Okay, like, so you had been. I was already kind of doing it already, you know. I was like. I knew, I knew, like the first time the news they sent me out on a story, they sent me to cover a bowling match. Mm. You know, I went in there, I was chilling, my my pants was kind of hanging. You know, it was back to nineties, big shirt. Yeah. You know, I had to break, I had to twist it up here with rubber bands on it. <laughs> he like, all right, who the, the heck, who the heck is Rob sending me? <laughs> and she was a black woman, but she was from Oklahoma, kid. Oh, okay. Black woman, white husband from Oklahoma. She didn't know what you was doing. She like. <laughs> She's looking at this 23-year-old brother from Queens, like the same way everybody else is like, whoa. What's going on? But over? it's the same way my, my college professors looked at me when I walk in school, my Dookie Jane, before I get to 98 okay. on the thesis and the hundreds on the test, mm. you know? Right. Like, I never, that's a whole other story, too, <laughs> but I've been through a lot with, the, with that type of stuff, too, and I intentionally dress a certain way a lot of times in those, in, in those situations mm-hmm. just to prove a point. Yeah, you know? Yeah, Raise my hand, like. open my mouth. You see every girl in the class head go. Huh? <laughs> yeah, now, <the> Spanish Inquisition <laughs> was over after that, B. It was over. That used to be my thing. Then you grow up, and you and if you don't have money, it really don't matter. Don't matter. No, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, sure. Nobody's trying to see nothing past. Okay, you got that sign. Now I'll see the man you are. <laughs> Back now then, so he's an impressive woman. If you had the gangster down and the intelligence... That's, yeah, that now I see there's a lot of those type of guys. They took that formula and ran with it. Wasn't like that back they copied then. You. They copied you. Yeah, yeah, on the low, on the low. You know, me and Nas. <laughs> but yeah, so. I got a term for people like that. Right? Yeah. I, I, I haven't, yeah, I've coined this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've, in my corporate career, been doing a lot of the same kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I would appear, I'm from the Bronx. Right. So I would appear in traditional Bronx gear, right. depending on the decade, right? And uh, and I used to cook, I dubbed myself the urban sophisticated because mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this is like the marriage of the two worlds. And now everyone is. Everybody is. <laughs> Everybody is. And that's what rare do back then. I ain't making a dime from that. Right, no, that, that was rare. It was hard to do it. It is. But the internet is a little easier. You can study styles now yeah, and on, adapt them. On the low, yeah. You had to be around certain guys then to, to get their drip. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? If you hung around Dapper Dan, I'd be sure you Ooh. could dress, right? Ooh. See? You got but it. if you didn't, 
and you didn't have a magazine, you didn't, you'd have to travel there. And soak it up. And soak it up. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, sent me on a bowling match. I went. I did what I, and the funny part is I wasn't even really finished with journalism school. I did what I've been doing. I've been reading newspapers my whole entire life, and I could always write. Now, I, let's make a nugget. I, I'm, I'm not somebody that really had to work hard at being expressive or being able to write. It was something that naturally came to me. I was winning, like, awards in the fourth, fifth grade okay. for writing poems about fire prevention, different different things of that nature, citywide contests. Yeah. So writing was my thing, sports, my love, sports, and music. I love. So I just went in there. Took the winners, wrote something exciting. I know you have to have a lead. Yeah. Like, I'm breaking down straight how I did it. I know you have to have a body. Yep. Who, what, where, why, when, how. Right. Did it? Finish. Boom. All right. I go. Then they had the old school. They didn't have computers really like that. Typewriters? No, they had this. Yeah, they had computers, but you had a phone dialing system. Yeah. That was, took yeah. forever. Yeah. And you had to be in a certain place to use it. So if you go on to cover a match out in Stony Brook, mm-hmm. the college, the, big, the softball game, the game's over. All that stuff in the school is closed. You're out at the field. Everyone's going home. You got a job trying to find a gas station that will let you use their phone line. Oh, like it was, it was ill back then. You're a young black dude in the and middle, that, of, that middle was, of Exit 56 in Long Island talking about, can you let me into the, into the booth? Because you had a timeline too, right? You had and to- you had to get it in by a certain time frame. Chill. Yeah. That's a grind, bro. That's the real grind. Now, now you take your cell phone and you could hotspot if you want to or whatever. Or just use your phone. Totally different. You just do it on your phone. Once they got emails, it was even easier. Yeah. Because now you can email it in. Still a little problem with the formatting. Yeah, formatting. Right? Now it's no problem. You email it. you format it. your own stuff now when you submit? Yeah, everything's just a in a system. Thing. Right. Pop it into the system. The links. The tweet comes up for you on its own. The Facebook link comes up for you on its own. Everything. You just drop it in and, and WordPress does this beautiful, <laughs> magical thing that saves you do time. You, Back then, it was it, the hustle was real, though. Do you, do you sit, like, when you submit a story now, mm-hmm. right? do you sit back and, after you press the button to submit, do you sit back and you're like, yo, I didn't, like, do you reminisce about how crazy it was? Because there's got to be moments where you're just like, I mean, a big story, a complicated like thing you got to do. I do, but it was value to it too because yeah. I've been on all ends of the matter. Like I actually have broken stories back in the day and been credited okay. by ESPN. Yeah, and been okay. credited. You know, it's a little different now. You know, he does a thing through Twitter and all that. Back yeah. then, you just had to get it out in that paper first. You know, there was some baseball thing. Like there was a situation. There was a baseball player named John Rocker okay. yeah. years ago. Remember, he had used racial epitaphs yeah. and things to describe New Yorkers. Yeah. You know, homophobic phrases yeah, and things. I remember that. All right. The, the Sports Illustrated story and the ESPN story, they picked it up off, off my story the second time. When he moved down to Florida, I was working out there. They already had a story about him. He said he did something. Now he had punched the guy out mm. at a wrestling match <laughs> and used another racial epitaph. And I think I'm the one probably dead in his career because... <laughs> I found that out because I was affiliated with an underground radio station out there. Okay. Actually, a pirate radio station. Yeah, in Miami? In Orlando. Okay. And a pirate station that some yeah. brothers was running out there, right? And it was really making moves. And the, and the popo was like on it. Yeah. They hated it because they were stealing the whole afternoon drive from the main wow. station. 
Killing like it was so incredible and original and cursed and you know people is calling in. It was crazy. They were really on it. But um, what was I? So they gave you the, the scoop on John Rocker. Yeah, he gave the mic. They just called up and they're like, "Yo, John Rocker, wild out. I saw John Rocker punch somebody in the oh. face last night and say this, and I in- investigated it. It was true. Yeah, and I ran that, and I got props on ESPN and you know for and other um, outlets for. Breaking that story. Now, that's the true breaking of a story. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody breaks a story at one time. Right. Even when Woj breaks the story. You got Sham, Shams right, right you got, behind him. You got him right behind him. Or you got some miscellaneous kid whose dad works in the front office dropping the story before Woj gets right. it. You know? It's all about connections now. But it's also not, well, with, with, with the exception of, like, the pros, right? right? Like, the Woj's and those guys. Like, these these other folks... There's no fact. It's well. Let me let me correct that. They didn't do any work to go get the facts. No, they heard it from another source or stole it from another source. I speak to, about that to my man Rob Parker all the time. He says a lot of times Rob used to have these guys you call moles mm-hmm. on his radio show, basically snitches, yeah. right? <clears throat> they come tell you different things, and when you're the go-to guy, it's so easy to get. Now, guys. Like Woj, I'm not saying he does this, right. but I've been told guys who's are getting you know half a million dollars a year to a million dollars a year to do this stuff. Yeah, they will pay for their information. Yeah, what's five grand when, when you I got a monopoly on this and I'm getting I'm getting eight hundred grand this year? I gotta keep getting these stories. It's right. worth ten five five grand out of eight hundred thousand dollars salary for me to pay. What ten people in a year? A total of fifty thousand yeah. to make sure they come to me first. They could be in the organization. They could work in the stadium. They can be family. A family that's not as wealthy mm-hmm. as the actual person and need to get some money. Yeah, I got gambling debts right yeah. now. <laughs> I messed up. I, I I I messed up a package. Right. <laughs> I'm ten in and I can't go to Melo for this money. Yeah. Because he said, don't come to me when you mess up packages. Right, right, right. Come to me for my niece and my nephew. <laughs> you mess up the package. I don't know you. I don't anymore. know you. <laughs> so I had to, you know, you got to go out there and make it happen. Yo, I got this information. Yo, but I'm not, I'm not mad at somebody like a Wolves, for instance, if he, if he did this, right? Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. Right? Because that, like. He's at the top of what he does, does right now. You got to do what you got to do. It's a hustle. That means he don't sleep, though. I just want you to know that. Because you can't get beat. No. How much? How much of a life can you really have? Think about it with your wife, and your kids. When that's your job, twenty-four hour, seven yeah, days you a week. A big story. You, you, you. Yesterday's news. Yesterday's news. You can't get beaten on anything. Nah, baby. So he's kind of living like the old school reporters in that regard, and he's doing, and he's living it every day. That's what I want to tell you. It's easier maybe to write a story. It ain't easier to be recognized for it anymore. Uh, the byline used shit. to mean something. It doesn't. You're right. It don't mean a thing anymore. The byline used to be what made the people hot. They didn't put people's pictures in the paper other than columnists. Mm -hmm. You're known by your byline. Having two, three stories a day, you know? Now, no, it's not about the byline. It's a whole different grind. Clickbait culture. Totally different. Um, Wasting a thousand words on a story, unless you have that market on lock, an older market that reads. Keep the stories of four five hundred. I still write longer sometimes because of what we do and it's cultural. And a lot of people that read our stuff will take the time mm-hmm. to maybe read past four five hundred words. Yeah. But when you know your SEO mechanics and your SEO experts are telling you to write the title first, 
You know what it is. Yeah. But that's the game. You know what it is. That's the game. That's the game. S-E-O. Yeah. Baby, if it's not clicking with that, you're not getting you're a click. You're not doing nothing. Don't matter how talented you are. If you're not being heard, you know, you write for a paperback that you know. That's all they got to read is the paper. What about what about video, right? Because, like, editorial, people people have a tendency maybe not to read. But when this video, this more yeah. engaging. Yeah, people. How does that affect your day-to-day? <clears throat> well, we, we increased our video yeah. tenfold. Yeah. You know, when we first started, we did video. I mean, it was 2012, so that was, we were already in the yeah. video age, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook. But we still had more of a writing base. Okay. Writing was still our strength. Um, you know, the nat- forming new narratives, different perspectives, cultural perspectives. Mm-hmm. Then I seen as we changed, more more video interviews now, more more cultural base, but interviews of you know black eighties, black coaches, yeah, black baseball players, uh, Latino her- Hispanic Heritage Month month were very strong yeah. on that coverage, things like that. So there's actually more you can do with video. Mm-hmm. So it complements a lot of what you're doing. But the everyday video for a reputable site it's not video someone throws up on the Instagram. It takes time to, to edit and all that. Right. See? So unless you're willing to sacrifice quality, which I think you should sometimes. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Because you don't want to be a day late on certain things. Exactly. Exactly. See? Like now it's like everything moving. Sometimes you just got that product where you know we could drop this at the end of the month mm-hmm. and it's going gonna, it's gonna to pop. Most of the time... People don't look at so many different versions of what you're putting out. It better be something grabbing people. Or you're like, Dad, that was hot. Why didn't they get it? Why didn't get no they already heard about it. it it's, it's like yeah. over now. Yeah. The story is dope. But you missed the cycle. Missed it. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest struggle now. You know, realizing that writing is more so just creating a plan than writing a story. You still got your written stories because it's a it's a, it's a digital yeah, outlet. You're going to have your people still read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and most people go to the internet for their source of media and news and education. So, yeah, I, I get it, but it's, it's, it's so different. It, like, you had to be a real soldier back then, right? And I could tell you so many instances where, you know, yo, matter of fact, when I worked in Florida, I was doing high school games and they're yeah. big out there mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do the high school games and the college games but i did college bowl, ga- football, college bowl right? games too yeah particularly yeah. in football right so what they would do is they would have you when the game ended you know like you'd be in the middle of nowhere in tallahassee somewhere some high school like school ain't open for you to write stories and, and, and do different right. things the the game would end you got to send it you know through your little uh mechanism and if that didn't work you would have to do what they call dictate it over the phone and the editors hated that. Of course. But you got to get it in. Now, what if your computer's not working? You didn't even get a chance to... T- sometimes you don't have time to even write the story, whether your computer's working or not. Mm-hmm. So you have to dictate it off the top of the dome Shit. to the editor. And you don't know. That's not a simple thing right yeah, now. No. It's like a certain... Like they said, the AP style book. Certain things you got to check. Certain way you have to phrase your words and, and, and things. And if you didn't have it tight... You know, they would be like, suggest that it's not for you, you know. But anyway, so you have to write that story right after the high school game is over, right? And it's not like a college game where 80s are making players accommodating. You got to get down to the field, find the coach, find the players, get the story in 
after you do a quick 10-minute recap on camera for the local high school show that the newspaper does on Channel 4. It was a good look, though. But you got to do all that in like 20-something minutes. And I got to tell you, a lot of mistakes were made with the names. It's not like... College pro, you had the names down there, the correct spellings. There's nothing out there. How do you spell your name? (laughs) Quick, though. You might have an E, an A, or David Green might have scored that last touchdown. Why? Because who does the scoring? You have to do it play-by-play yourself or go to the little high school guy that's doing it. What if he he broke out? Or what if he has the wrong name written down? Or what if his handwriting is terrible? So it was a couple times I just made up some names. (laughs) And the amount of touchdowns they scored, because the worst thing... Is to not, not get not it done. <laughs> you got to hope that they sitting there on Sunday, kind of listening to the they show. <laughs> but don't let it be David Green scored the winning touchdown and Malik Caleb scored the winning touchdown. Oh, that's bad. And they're sitting there. Yeah, that's bad. Those mistakes you can't make. Little, you got to pick and choose the mistakes you, you, you can make. You, but get, you get your ass beat for that. That, that used to be the, the grind, man. Man, I went to, I also, I, gone, I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Oh, you did? Yep. I did all the commercials. You just had to do it all back in the day. I did that when I wanted to trend, go from writing concentration to more radio. Yeah. That's what I really love doing. And I, I attended it for a while. But going back to Rob Parker, he's the one that also put me on the radio for the first time. Are you still doing some radio? Not really. Not right now. But what, what was that? Can't do everything yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at once. Especially with kids. And the market is, yeah, the kids is crazy. Yeah. And, and, and you got to go where the market is going. Right. So podcast is more. Oh, you're thing. welcome. Here you go. Your first, your first podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I don't know that. No, I've done a couple. I've done a couple, but I, I, love, I love doing podcasts. What I want to do is podcasts all over the place. Yeah. Even more so just having my own. And it might sound crazy, but you know, man, I'm kicking it. I'm you see, I, I speak the real. It's like the market's so flooded sometimes. Yeah. It, no, it's definitely. Then you get around my age, you really think about moves that's taking you direct to the point. Yes, I've done radios and and podcasts, things like that, all through my twenties and thirties. Right. You know what I mean? And you wait for something to really hold on. Sometimes it doesn't. Rob had us on primetime radio mm-hmm. on Sundays. Why? He had a slot. The station gave him an extra slot. Besides for his Monday through Friday show called Park and the Man, they did this guy named Mark Wilson that was wildly popular. Mm-hmm. Afternoon drive, four to eight every day. Nineties. Nineties for a good year. They had a nice little run. Park and the Man from like FM. Oh, okay. From like yeah, FM mainstream. It was a top ten show in the old Michigan market. Oh, got it. Got yeah, it. Okay. and um, but then let me tell you why the show ended. He had a hour slot, two hour slot. He calls it me. I'm living in New York at the time. He's living in Detroit. And another guy, my man Champ. Now, Champ is a, like a basketball guru mm-hmm. who Stephen A. mentions his name a lot. If you listen to Stephen A.'s show, yeah. he'll mention his boy Champ from Detroit. Uh, I'm going to pay attention now. That's like my brother right there, okay. right? He's he's like a a poor man's um, Maverick Carter. Oh, wow. Okay. Very poor man's that's Maverick very, Carter. That's though. a very nice analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He move and shake, and yeah. he's giving me some stories in the past. But he has really no interest to not be able to be himself in this game. Yeah. So he stays more of an outlier knowing everyone. And you can benefit from his knowledge if you're cool with him and stuff. But Stephen A acknowledges him a lot about certain things, especially his disdain for LeBron. Right. It creates good fodder because yeah. he's, he's one of those anti-LeBron guys. You know, he had the nerve to say LeBron was in top ten all time and not top five today. But those are the type of shock jock things that get you play nowadays. They get you clicks. <laughs> Real conversations like these, you know, 
Right. But people are into it, they'll they'll like it. Right. But initially, you know, they want to sure. hear yeah, they want to hear something crazy. But yeah, he got us on the show. We were we were running for three months. So you was doing it from here. No. You call in. No. The station was flying me into Detroit every weekend to do the show. We hooked job. it up because we did a dummy show. Uh-huh. They loved it. So they was flying me in every weekend to do the show. Now, they weren't paying me. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't care. Doesn't matter. It's a good look. I was on primetime FM radio, two hours, and they were flying me in. And I was staying with Rob. Dude, were you hustling outside of that? Because now you, you it was in Detroit. It was, a, it was a time in my life where... I was working, but I was freelancing. Uh-huh. Nothing was consistent. Yeah, I just had my son in 06. Oh. So it was cool. I just fly out there every weekend. You know, I had done a lot of things in between that time. But um, I go come back, and the, station, the show was going great. The station was loving it. You come in one day. I'm about to fly in one day, about three months. And Rob's like, they changed the whole station format. Oh. It went yeah. gospel on them. Yeah, it changed the format. They, that show ended. The whole thing. Our ended. show ended before it got started. Shit. And honestly, we never got an opportunity like that again. Wow. People always say, you know, it'll be a next time. Not in that manner. You know, I had I was doing a little something on WBAI mm-hmm. for a minute, trying to get them to push that sports show more called Sports Rap and Politicking. Um, Sounds I, like a podcast. You know, yeah, I done. Yeah, <laughs> I I was doing that too. You know, it, those things take time, man, and yeah. it's it's like consistency. Right. And oh, th- my best show was I did a radio podcast with rest in peace, one of my best friends, grew up right on the corner, fight from a tribe called Quest. Oh, you had a show with Five Dogs. You are. This is where you are at right now. Jerobi's parents live three doors down. Shout out Jerobi. And five That's grandmother people. grew up you grew up with all on the people. corner. Those is my family. Grew up on the corner, right? Me and Fife had a show called Sports called Sports Rap called The Fanalist. Sports okay. Rap. Oh, that's dope. We recorded it in the Bronx. My man DWI used to have up on Boston Road have a little studio joint. Mm-hmm. Right up in this building. And How he many had not long ago, he had a good run called the Matrix Studios. If you're from the Bronx, a lot of people from the Bronx know about that damn studio. That little oh, door you walk up. Is it in Boston Road? Yeah, it was it's near Boston, Boston Road. Road. Yep, Matrix Matrix Studios, and he ran an underground station called 91.9 FM. Okay, that and and it got kind of big. Uh-huh. And he had everybody on there. Shouts to DWI, DWI Music. He he played a big part in keeping the underground culture alive through his little radio. I seen everybody up in there from from the real Rick Ross. Oh shit! Yeah. To 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 to, to Rising Pinson back in the day, you know I Everybody. yeah you done, you going through there. But me and Fife did our show out of there, and exactly. he would do it from the radio. He would do it from Oakland. That's where he was living okay. on the phone. I'd be in the studio. Me, and my man Stomac would help me out, and DWI would do the boards. Okay, and we'd have people like Chris Lighty call up. We did the last interview with Lighty before he died. Nah. Chris Lighty call up. Busta Rhymes would call up. Um, it was great. Fife was a sports fanatic, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And everything I've seen him in, that's all you been talking about. Carolina Blue. Yeah, that Carolina was his team. He loved Carolina the Knicks, but he loved nothing more than Carolina Dean Smith. Yeah. All right, rest in peace to my brother, man. Yeah, yeah. And it was a good look because, you know, he had this celebrity array from being Fife, and he loved sports. And mm-hmm. I just ran, basically ran the show mm-hmm. because that's what I do. Right. Throw to him for his knowledge. I got the guests. Lined it up. Well, we need you to do is show up, baby boy, and do what you do. 
It was going great. Wait, wait. How did y'all distribute that? Was that something online, or it was only through? Yeah, it was through. Yeah, it was through ninety. Oh, it was through ninety one nine, and it was they were all on Viva. Can we find that today? No. Come on, son. Cause black people. <laughs> no, I'm just keeping it real with you. Like, how you gonna have fifteen episodes of sports family sports fight with five dog? Right? No disrespect, my man DWI. And then I call you talking about I can't find them on Vivo. Talking about I don't know what happened. I ain't pay. They erased all of them. No. I had some problems. They erased my account. Oh God. All those episodes are gone, except one episode that he put on YouTube. I think it was his fight's birthday or something. A couple <sighs> clips of that. Crazy, right? That hurts me. That hurts. It hurts you. The, mean, he going now. Right. That's classic I, stuff. I mean, yes. Agreed. But just. That dynamic, and it was so great. It was great. Everybody loved. It. I mean, we had, we had bosses on that show, and just a few. Again, me and Fife only did that show for like six months. We did it once a week. We had bosses on that show. We had anybody. Nobody would never say no to him Shit. about for anything. He one of the most beloved guys in history of did y'all have the game. Come through. Matt Hooper's on. Yeah, Matt Hooper's on. Fuck. Name him. We had Hooper's on. We had AI on there. You know what I'm nah. saying? Yeah. We had Hoopers on. We had AI. We had um, Steve Nash. Yeah, on the phone. On the phone. Oh, okay. On the phone. But remember, I was always in New York. He was always in Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the two times he came to New York, those are the episodes I think D-Dub up. has because he filmed the same thing. D-Dub was doing that podcast style for a long time, wow. Matrix Studios. But anyway, I love D-Dub. It's yeah, messed yeah. up that. But you get, you can find all the fanalist stuff. We wrote a lot of stuff, too, okay. together. We'd always do our NBA picks, our predictions, Facebook, Sally. Like, Fife was on it like that. Like, we had real goals to blow that up. And he passed. That was a big setback. Yeah, I bet. Right before they was about to launch everything, you know? I, I actually traveled with Fife on most of his um, press stuff with Michael Rappaport. Okay. Because... Him and Tip weren't really messing with each other at the time. And, you know, it was potential. You Pipe, came out in the movie? Fife was doing that. Huh? Were you in the background? No, no, no. I wasn't in the movie. Okay. So Fife was doing this stuff. Um, That was just all of them on the road, them different thing. Fife was, you know, um, you know, doing that basically by himself. Right. And I think Shahid would come out a couple times. So, you know, and at the same time, we was trying to get this fan list yeah. popping off the ground. So the logo was ill and everything. You find the family's logo. It was like it was like a, a guy, a reporter, a reporter suit, and five with his hat to the back with a bat. Like it was crazy, you know, it was it was sports rap to the fullest. I feel like they still don't have a show like that that captures it like that, you know. I don't so know, so you know, that might be in the in the future, but you gotta do that. Th- th- this you show right here is in a good going moving in the right direction. Yeah, we do our thing. We try to we try to make it happen. Yeah, he passed away and basically the idea Kind of faded away because he was we was like a perfect match. Like we knew each other, we grew up together. This street, if you look out right there, he would walk up the street, he'd be like, Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you a Giants fan, blah, blah. He liked the Cowboys too. Yeah, the Cowboys guy. So he'd be like, Giants fans, y'all suck, blah, 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 right? <laughs> like this. I used to, we'd be right at the corner store. And he'd be like, yo, I used to love, love to rap when I was little. I didn't want to be a rapper, per se. But he would always try to tell me, yo, let me produce a song for you. Like, you think back later in life, you'd be like, tummy, you should have just yeah, did. But I, when you 10, yeah, you, dude, no better. And he, you know, he a little older, but you know he blowing up. He's like, let me let me do a song for you. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know what producing a song for me means. Right, so, right, right. you know, and we'd be at the corner. He'd be like, yo, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. spit me for me. Right. I'll give you a beat and spit. 
you know, but we grew up with friends and he was a great sports guy. Yeah, spit, spit right now. That's one of my fit now. I'll get you a beat going. I'm done. <laughs> Those days are over. Unless you want me to spit a, you know, a black history rhyme for the kids or something of that nature to show my true age. I want some gritty. Well, I'm from the age of the gritty. <laughs> The 90s, that, that, that's good. I want some good. MOP out of you right now. Yeah, I grew up with so many people, man. I grew up, like, if you want to go back to Queens, like, I grew up I grew up out here with a lot of the people. I mean, really knowing a lot of people that movers and shakers in this game. Like, you know, DJ Clue. I remember I remember Clue, Ernesto, that's his actual name. I remember him. I, I remember his. I remember his come up. He used to be sit. He used to be standing right there on Jamaica Avenue. He went to Hillcrest High School, and he would sell these tapes. And people would walk by and laugh at dude, try to clown him. Yeah, early in the game, try to clown him and uh, different things of that nature. And you see how he blew up. He blew and blew and blew and blew and, and stayed true to to what he was doing. You know, I mean, you know, Queens. Most of the people out here in Queens, they they were big. Part of the hit makers, which was oh, part right, of Diddy's thing. Right. You know, they right there from Queens Village, Backstreet's man like Nassim and you know uh, my man's brother Black. You know, said he he was the vice president of Bad Boy. So you know, like Queens is like the foundation of what of of the movers and shakers. Okay, I'm not yeah, just talking about the not, rappers. No, you know what I mean? You. I got you. As far as the producers and. The, Everybody wanted to the come Moguls to Queens, yeah. you know, buy a crib out here, or or it became Jersey eventually, right. you know, and then it became Atlanta, right? right? You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> nobody remembers Queens anymore. It's like Atlanta, New York. It, it even hurts to even think about it, but I got to be honest with the pecking order right now, right. culturally and everything else. Yeah. It's Atlanta, New York, and it's not Atlanta because Atlanta's so great. It's because all of the geniuses migrated to Atlanta. From New York right. and like, let's keep and it real. Met women from Atlanta, started projects in Atlanta. Now they're Atlanta, but you know, New York. big New York influence, yeah, yeah, yeah. big New York influence. But I, you know, I respect it. Hold you know, on, I'm just on. a New Yorker to the heart. I hate putting anybody Good. above us. Good, I, me too. <laughs> I'm the same way. That's one of the things. So I've traveled around and lived in different places mm -hmm. around the country, and that's one thing. That's the first thing when I tell people where I'm from. I don't say New York because. I mean, I am, but right. I say the Bronx. And right. They look at me crazy, and I say it with the way I know how to say it. Right, the Bronx. The Bronx. And and some people are like, "Oh, you from Bronx?" And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! There's a the." Yeah. <laughs> and they look at me also. Don't nobody crazy. that's from there say you from Bronx? Right. Right. <laughs> so I feel like you trying to clown me. So I gave, <laughs> I gave you a little tight. <laughs> but um, but taking it back to hoops. Mm -hmm. right? So, so you you're doing college, mm -hmm. right? you you interviewing people, you catching stories. Mm -hmm. You went to the garden and you mm -hmm. started covering. Where were you working at that time when you started covering the NBA more directly? I mean, the, the All Star game. In particular. Okay, I was still at Newsday at that time. Okay. That was before I went to North Carolina. I started doing the ACC. Then I really learned about hoops. Uh, right, I was in it. I was doing Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State. But check it, I was I was doing the women. Okay. That was my first real full time job. For News and Observer and Raleigh, doing so you were in sports. Raleigh. I was in Raleigh, oh. in the Triangle, in the on Tobacco Road. Okay, you know what I mean, hanging out with the players, all that. Like I was young, hanging out with the players, all that, flipping my car over in ditches, all type of crazy oh, stuff. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, all type of crazy stuff, man. If you just want to talk about crazy stuff you did in your life, we could do another two hours on that. We gonna have to. But I, you'd have to sign a release. You have to sign some type of form or something for that. We can't. Non-disclosure or certain, yeah, we have a drink. There we go. Non-disclosure, but 
Yeah, man. So you covered the women's hoops. Yeah, I was covering, but you know, I started doing little NBA things here and there, and always stayed with the high schools. You know, the college basketball season not that big in New York City. Right. You know, so you know, yeah, they have the you know the SUNY schools. Yeah. You know, that's talking Syracuse. That's New York State. That's, up there. that's, that's big time. And St. John's, right. but at the time, it was a great moment for St. John's. We had to find that final eight team, the final fourteen. Tyrone Grant. Um, I'm trying Hamilton? to remember everybody. Zendin Hamilton, Tyrone Grant, Ron Artest, mm-hmm. um, the guard. Um, Barkley was, was there after. after. No, Barkley was on that team too. Really? I think Barkley. Actually, yeah, one of the years on that team. Played together. Yeah. Then they right? had the other guard. I can't remember his name. Ah, oh, they had such a loaded team. Yeah. Then they had the kid Middleton. Oh yeah. Yeah, they yeah, had. Yeah, they yeah, had. They yeah, were beasts. Yeah. They were beasts, right? So, and I remember they lost to North Carolina and Ed Coda, who's from Brooklyn. Uh, and I think they lost them in the final four that year. Okay. It was a close game. It was nine hours chance for both teams. Remember, I was in I was in Raleigh. So Ed Brandon Haywood, that's the that's the Capel. Mm. Ed Coder, Brandon Haywood. Brandon Haywood days. That plays in the NBA now. Yeah, they had Joe Forte. Okay. Donna Williams. Okay. Was uh played for the Knicks. I'm blanking right now. He plays for OKC now. He probably wasn't there. Uh, oh my god. I think that was after. I think that was after. Yeah, I think for North Carolina, Marvin Williams. You talking about? No, no, because he was because he was that time. He was down there during that time too. Okay. Yeah, North Carolina was a great time because they used to have the Chavis League games in the summer. What's that time? Chavis Leagues was like that pro, the the joint they have in Chicago. I mean, the joint they have in L.A. That Baron Davis and them always go to. The Drew League. Drew Chavis League, same thing, but it's in North Carolina. So you you just be hanging out in the summer. Chavis League is at a church. It's, at a, it's a Chavis gym. It's a very small, hot mm. gym just in Raleigh. Perfect. I, I watched in one summer. I watched Vince Carter play there. Antoine Jameson play there. Um, dookies probably too. Yeah, Dookies. Bunch of Dookies. I was back in the day. Duke, Duke was, was not. I seen Grant Hill come through there. Um, I see Cherokee mm. Parks come through there. Like, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> come through there. Um... Robert Bricky, okay. all those cats, they would just come back there and play, play and they would play with regular dudes. From then that Chavis League, I mean, it would be so though? packed. It was so was it comp? You yeah. got the best. It's like you, you got the best of the street ballers okay. who never made it. You got dudes that playing in the NBA now mm-hmm. or about to go to the NBA from college. Yeah, they were in the NBA. Make it. It was great competition. Mm. It was great competition. Then you got guys that was big time guys in college. That didn't even get drafted. And they're going against the NBA players. Yeah. But they're known at NC State Those and Duke and ACC, yeah. All-Americans. Uh, where were you in, in, in Carolina? Raleigh. I was at the News and Observer. When? The NNO. 98. Okay. 98 to 99. Down went to Florida. Okay. And I started working out there. Messing with the Magic and covering the Magic and the Tampa Bay um, Rays and all that. So, you know, but, you know, I had a little journey. A little, and just then, a little bit. So okay. what are you doing today? So take me through, because I, I mean I read a couple of you. By the mm-hmm. way, got some good pieces. I mean this is gonna this is gonna go out way after this now. We yeah. probably know by then uh, where AD ends up or what. Ah uh, yeah. But you had some good pieces about um, AD that I actually want to talk about. Okay. Because you, you, you mentioned something about, um, gosh, I forget how you phrased it, but basically it was like how how black players are kind of uniting and creating like this this. Yeah, it's power, power structure. Yeah, yeah, and, and and basically it goes back to 
I, I believe, uh, you know, I mean, there's been activists like Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, but most recently, Michael Jordan era, they say kind of killed social consciousness of the athlete sure. through sneakers over heart and social, and social justice. over justice. And then, you know, Colin Kaepernick got us back on track mm -hmm. with that. And look, you can attribute it to LeBron and Chris Paul and, and well, Carmelo, guys who wore those I can't breathe shirts and yeah. didn't care to do it because if they don't do it, we don't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing continues, right. you know? And it's not even always about a racial thing. It's about having power and having leverage. Yeah. When Rich Paul is a black agent who controls 20 of the players in the league, it's not, you know, the Drew Rosen houses and the, the football guys and, 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 and the other Jewish guy that runs... Uh, Baseball? No, no, and no, basketball. The basketball. Jewish guy, Jeff something, that has most of the players. He has like a billion dollars in assets there. And Rich or, not far. He's or, like 700 million for or creative agency that LeBron right. left in 2012. Right. You know, he's a brother. Right. He got Ben Simmons, you know, um, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Like, that in itself changes the dynamics of everything. Mm -hmm. Because now the team's got to do business with another brother. You know? And brother meaning, I don't care who it is, Latino, yeah, yeah, African-American, when they got to sit across from us there, it's, different, it's just different. different. I'm not even saying that guy's prejudice or what. It's different. Yeah. When you're talking to the Jewish guy or the other, the other white guy you always talk to and always know, might not even have the best interest of the players at heart all the time. Now you got a guy that's brother with LeBron. <clears throat> it's a brotherhood. Yeah. You no, take that's, that, that's, that's you hook it into Magic Johnson. Who is what? How many black uh, d director, player, personals, and presidents are there in the league? Maybe one. Few. So, like so, it's like you know. You know, you know is the other, other yeah, you know, we only got one black owner. That's Magic. I mean, that's on Michael. Michael. So, majority owner, and th that won't change for a long time. Right. You know. So, I, that power structure there. Players are saying, I'm telling you, years ago, you think Magic wouldn't want to play with Isaiah? You think, you know what I mean? You think They say no. They say no, but because the opportunity wasn't right. there. So they got to stay true to that. Right. They can't change the narrative now. The narrative mm -hmm. is that they were tougher. It's they were stronger. Sure. They didn't hang out with guys, even though Magic guys, they were best friends. Yeah, yeah. But their competition shattered their relationship. Yeah. What if they were able to Unite. think about it? If LeBron had to play Wade three more, three years in a row. Wade was on the heat, and they had a team that could contend at the same time LeBron was on Cleveland. I think their relationship would be as buddy-buddy as them coming together. Right. That made it like this. Yeah. Magic and Isaiah went so far apart that Magic schemed to keep them off of the Olympic team. That's how bad it got. It was, yeah, they're hyper-competitive guys. If they played together, I guarantee you that would have never happened. Because their moms right. were still cool. Right. It hurt their mother's hearts. Competition's a mother, and the way you look at it. And now today, you know, look, LeBron forced his way to Miami, basically, hooked that up to Super Team, boom. To me, that starts the Super Team. Yep. By Super Team, I mean, you can look that up in the Shadow League Tomb. I've written stories on what a Super Team is. Not what people think, like Worthy, Kareem, Magic. That's a Super Team. But a Super Team is having three players. Minimum or it has to be three? Minimum three. Okay. Because Golden State might have more. Yeah. But, th but this is hard. No, minimum. I'm not saying three All-Stars. Everybody needs three All-Stars. Yeah. Three players, okay. right, who were drafted in the top five of their respected draft. LeBron, Wade, Bosh, all the all same, all in the top five. Yep. Coming together in their prime as a top three player at their position. Mm. 
at the same time. I did a whole story on this oh, oh, with my man Champ. It's different. It's different than a 40-year-old Kareem who still got a little game right. playing with Magic and Wordy. And magic you know, core. You're about the same draft class? Yeah. Wow, that's a big... That's game. even a misstep. I'm not even talking same draft class. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They happen to they happen also to be, right. be top five picks in the same draft class. I mean, Bosch could have been... Uh, that's the uh, 03 class. Mm-hmm. Bosch could have been 05 or whatever. Number three picking right. 05 or whatever. But, you know, you but got... In their Jan- case, they were all the same. James, ba- then Bosch, then Wade. Like, two. In yeah. their prime. And saying, they changed the whole game. They destroyed the balance of the thing. So then after that, LeBron keeps making his moves and looking like the like the smartest man in the game. Like nobody else is that smart mm-hmm. or has that. So Durant says, "The hell with this. He ain't the only one." And Durant followed his footsteps in everything from building up education to starting movie he companies. He has followed LeBron's blueprint, blueprint. to the letter. He getting his money up too. The problem, the problem I see with that is, and, and I don't know, maybe you might have an mm-hmm. idea. I don't know if KD's supporting cast is as thorough as LeBron's, because LeBron's got—I mean, not only are they his brothers from oh, way yeah. back when, so that that trust should be relatively well intact. Mm-hmm. But they're also savvy; like they're not like just some knuckleheads. No, which takes me back to what we were saying about the power, right? LeBron, the greatest, I was just talking about that, the greatest story, one of the greatest stories in, in American sports history is LeBron James coming from Ohio yep. with his friends, putting them through school so they could become legit. Yeah. And not them riding his coattails, no. but them being savvy, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul. Braun funded their educations. Kick the door down, let them shine. This is an unbelievable story. Yeah, this is crazy. They benefited from being his friend, but they did the work. They went to the law school and the business school and, and all that stuff on his dime. Yep. Because he said, I'm not just going to carry you, brother. We're going we're gonna to do this together. We're going to take over. And now, look, and now look what's happening. You think mm-hmm. it's a coincidence? 80 signed with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports? You think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving is willing to eat crow and crawl back to LeBron in L.A. <laughs> They've been working them phones like a mother. They trying to beat Golden State. Yeah. What you think is going to... What What's it going to take? It's going to take Davis, Kyrie, or Lillard, and LeBron to do it. You think that's going to pass? With Boogie Cousins now added to the mix? This is just... Disgusting. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. You know what the problem? The biggest problem I have with that. We're not gonna keep everybody soon, but it doesn't benefit the Knicks. That's my problem. Oh, <laughs> you said you ain't want to talk about that. You said you I don't bring up hurtful to... things, man. If you want to bring up hurtful things, by all means, open up the Knicks conversation. I got. I got. My heart's here for the mashing. I got a prediction for you. Ready? And I would love your professional opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Mellow. Hold on, you talking about the Knicks? So remember, whatever you say, the opposite is gonna happen. But okay. go ahead. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But go ahead. Thanks, bro. So mean. <laughs> don't mean what you say. Don't say what you mean when you talk about the Knicks. So flip it. Yeah, nah, I'm just me. <laughs> But you do. You gotta flip it though. But, so I'll flip it after. Go ahead. There you go. You flip it. Right. So Carmelo, mm-hmm. right? Left here, disgrace. Whatever. There's a, there's a lot of negativity around him. He did some things, but there's some the hurt feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Just and it's not and I don't I don't personally take it as placing the blame necessarily on him. Right. It's more the hall that 
we had to give up in order to acquire. Yeah. That's that's one of my resentments, right? Yep. But all that's done. He's now in a position where it sounds like nobody wants to pick him up. We, we still have plenty of season left to see if that actually happens. My comeback story for, for Melo looks like this. Somehow he teams up with the Banana Boat Boys, mm-hmm. right? They put a bid in somehow to get the Knicks. Now, there's rumblings that this guy's mm. willing to sell. How true that is, we don't know. Mm. But let's assume that's true. Mm-hmm. And they pull together their resources, and they go get the Knicks. I think the problem with that is, tell me, what team is worth more than any other team in the NBA? What team is worth more than the any Knicks. Northeast franchise in any sport? The Knicks is probably at the top. Yeah. Yeah. I so, know. It's a ton of those. So, it's like. But the question. They the Hawks may be. Nah. The See, Pelicans may be. I don't look at. I don't they look, can't get the Knicks. They, I don't look at them as not having enough resources to pull the money together. No, but them private equity, like they can collaborate and do something. Again, things. and they have to pull in a billionaire, because yes, they, 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 if if by at the time they're ready, Bron will just be approaching that. Yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah, he won't be a billionaire ten times over you, like the I guy they you, need to pull him I in. I got you, the billionaire. Oprah? No, don't say Oprah. This guy named Dan Loeb. Okay, he's a he's a tech. Hedge fund guy, tons of money. He's the guy that got somebody into Yahoo. Okay. When Yahoo was going on underneath. All right. I think he would be a perfect person. I don't know what his ties are to any of those people. Hey, I'm that would saying. be great. Wouldn't that be great? And that's that's Melo. Because I got excited when Diddy and um yeah Jay were talking about talking it. about getting the Panthers, yeah. even though that wasn't gonna happen. Because you know you still got to get over the old boy network even selling to you. That's right. And then the, all the other old boy network has to say, you know what? I nigga, we're gonna let you in. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan just kick his way in. But Fuck out also, my way. He, he Jordan. He also had uh what's his name? Uh the form the creator of BET. Robert Johnson. Yeah. Bob he, Johnson to say, I'ma pass this off right. to you. I'm not gonna let them get right. this baby. So he had that in. But he had the money. And he's also Michael Jordan. He probably would have got it anyway. Yeah, and he's majority owner, but remember, realize all his minority owners are billionaires as well. That's White right. billionaires. That's right. He's just He's the face. Whatever they worked out, Bob was like, you don't have 51% of this. And we're going to make sure you keep 51% of right. this. And Jordan's just making money hand over foot with the Jordan brand, the basketball, the clothes, the tournaments, the this, the that. It, it, it's, you know, it's amazing. So, yeah. Man. So, what do you what do you think is going to happen mm-hmm. in the whole AD saga? Well, the, the way it's looking right now, I was hoping... What I was saying was true. How Kyrie and Butler or Kyrie and a combination of Kyrie and somebody was going to come to the Knicks mm-hmm. in 2019. Supposedly that was legit. But things never work out as they plan. And what I realize is people like LeBron, they have plans a year or two set out. Yeah. Set out. And then they have different options. People as intelligent as Rich Paul, this is his life. How am I going to make sure LeBron wins another championship here? People like Magic Johnson. This is his life. How am I going to figure out how we don't waste LeBron being here? Yeah. Because you got to be realistic with his age, his load. I know everybody's Superman. Right. Tom Brady's Superman. I won't be surprised if Brady collapsed next year. Yeah. Second game of the season because there's an ending yeah. when you're human and you're dealing with the human element. People don't realize. Sure. You could be at the height of your game and then fall off the cliff the next year. Not because your talent and skill ain't there because your body's not there. Brady's right. not going to play to 45. Switch just yeah, yeah, you know, right. deviating from the point. Tom Brady's not playing to 45. He's lucky to still be playing. And what type of shape will he be in when he's done playing this long? 
That's, as a football player, it, just, it looks right now. It's gonna sadden your damn heart terrible. when you see Tom Brady get CTE. I'm telling you. Oh, and, God, and, yes, it is. It sucks. To see to see a superhero go out like that. Yeah, that sucks. But I've seen it with so many guys in football. But yeah. So AD. He's gonna end up in LA with Magic. Yeah. And they're gonna add a Kyrie or Damian Lillard. I've been saying that. Been and hearing, that will be enough. I've been hearing Lillard to the Knicks is a possibility. I would love Lillard to come to the Knicks. Problem is, you know, you want to have serious conversations about championships. I can't have that with you mentioning one player for the Knicks. Like, it's always one player short for the Knicks, yeah. two players short for the Knicks. Always. So what we get Lillard? Then what? Then, yeah. Because. Zion? Because we oh. know. <laughs> This is the thing. We're always making plans with things we can't count on. That's right. But Singer has been hurt. He, he, he butt hurt because Phil tried to trade him. Yeah. That's what killed everything. Then his brother came out, remember, and said, nah, we're not necessarily going to be here if, this is, if, if they aren't getting this shit together. It's still a mess. Mm-hmm. We are so far off from being a championship team. I know, I know that. But you At least five, five to eight years. I'm thinking five. That's how I'm looking You're hoping at. five. I'm, no, I'm hoping two. I'm, I'm thinking more realistic. Nah, that's not five. realistic because you got to look at how the, the free agents are moving. None of them, will come, none of them are really going to come here. I'm we're hoping they come here. We're hoping. But they're still gonna, this team's going to be still strong. Harden going to be in the move in a minute, too. You think? A couple of years. You think he'll leave? I believe, yeah, I, I do. You think I do. him, Westbrook, and uh, Durant want to... I think all those markets, Houston, OKC, any market other than the, the markets where guys are winning... I don't even think it has to do with that anymore. Okay. Golden State ain't no big time market. No. It never was. Now it's the market. Yeah. Why? They got the best team. They have everybody. They won't have everybody for long. So I think the Lakers will work this out. I think this was always in the plans. And I think Rich Paul's gonna show you how to do this, son. <laughs> Why did Anthony Davis leave? Rich Paul sat him down and said, Look, I know you don't want to play for that team anymore. Mm-hmm. That money's going to look tempting to re-up, right? I wrote a story a couple weeks ago. Pelicans need to do AD or Kevin Garnett solid, right? When after all those years in Minnesota, over a decade, Garnett wasting away, he they finally traded him to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He took the first re-up. Davis not taking the first re-up. Right. right? He's not staying there another five years. Right. He's going to – Paul says, look, I can get you out this deal, but I'm the only guy, and it's going to get a little messy. You see how I do my business, but are you willing to endure? To do it. He's like, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying he said, if I do this for you, you gotta come to LA. Because he can get paid big time off AD going anywhere right. for his own personal business. Right. But I think this is about helping Braun. At the end of the day, them dudes is indebted to LeBron. Sure. I know they make great lives for themselves, but and he had nothing to do with that other than he gave him that. First that check push. for school or yeah. push. And they proved to be intelligent, very capable right. guys and not hang on is in the sense that you see. Right. Obviously, in get career get taken off track and all these other guys that hang around with guys not contributing anything to your life, right? But, so I think it's most likely he's going to go there out of respect. And now the fact that playing with LeBron's not bad because you know Paul already showed him three lineups he got planned. Mm-hmm. Here's you and LeBron with Lillard. Here's you and LeBron with Kyrie. Kyrie, yeah, I've been talking to him. Yeah, Kyrie ready to come home. That's his man. Play his rightful position as a number two. Stop acting crazy. And, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you're a number two, and you got to accept that. You're right. And I think he learned now. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Number two ain't that bad. What's compelling, too, about that scenario is AD still got a lot of years. And so Dude, he's he 25. Healthy. You don't understand. That's why but I said the Knicks coach. should to, to, to try to get him. Yeah. Tell me if you agree, man. This is not like mellow where we had a playoff team already. Felton and and, and and all these guys were doing were doing so great and mm-hmm. Gallinari was showing promise and, and, and we had Novak the three point specialist he's never been as good we had everything covered Wait. on that team and, and they gave away the team they gave away the team and Melo didn't have the support Margot was hurt right and he never had any team to That's play right. with he took the team this is different this is different why. Melo, that was basically his last stop. Yeah. It was his last stop because yeah. he took one year in OKC, one year in Houston. No, Knicks was his last hurrah. He went for that money, yeah. got that major with like 240. Could have left, took the 240, said, I'm greedy. Okay, what do you want? I'm not mad at that. I'm not. Nobody was mad. And New York still needed a star. Yeah. We had come to accept that we're not going to win. We needed to see Melo suit up, maybe get 50 for us. Right. Something got to bring me to the garden. Right. Because right now, nothing's bringing us to the right. continent, right? But we know we're taking to try to get a good pick. I'm not mad at that. How do you how do you justify getting AD if you're Knicks, a Knicks GM? Like, because you oh, I go away a boatload. I go out there to the press conference, and I say, which is not going to happen. Look, New York. There you go. <laughs> you just flipped. Since the Patrick Ewing era, we haven't really truly been consistent contenders. We had a nice run. With um, Latrell Sprewell and Allen Houston at the end of Ewan's career. Wish we could have got 2,000 back. Wish Patrick could have been healthy against the Spurs. Might have been different. Might have been. Since then, I admit, we've been a mess. We've mismanaged, mishandled, been very unlucky at times. Because, you know, it's just not ineptitude. I feel like we had some good people working for us. Now is the time. To build for the next five years. The New York Knicks have never had a player of the caliber of Anthony Davis since Patrick Ewing. Right. And, the Melo experiment's and cool, but he's a mid-tier. I keep it real. He's a mid-tier Hall of Famer, not the type of franchise player that New York needs. Mm-hmm. We have a chance to get a guy who's 25 but already has seven years' experience in the league, so he's polished. He is now entering his prime. Healthy. Mm-hmm. He was 29 and 13 right now. Playing with, like I always say, a bag of biscuits and two <laughs> flat tires. No offense to Drew Holiday. Nah, no offense. Be a baller. Yeah. But let's keep it 100, right? We're trading everybody. <laughs> Even the pick? And the next two year draft picks, the first rounder, the unprotected first rounder, and next year's number one, and everybody they want. They can have this trash bag of team. <laughs> Except Kevin Knox. Okay. Or you can't keep Trier because they're going to ask yeah, for him. Anybody that can yeah. score in this league, yeah, they, they they're going to take the scorer. Sure. He showed he's a scorer in this league. KP? You don't do much else. You can't count on KP. If KP returns, now we have Anthony Davis and KP. But if they want KP. To start with. Oh, yeah, you got to give them KP. Because I know KP is going to get hurt in the next three years. I'm with you. Unless I had a ready-made championship team, I could steal a couple years from KP before he got hurt. But he's going to get hurt again. I'm with you. So I'm giving them everybody. 
I'm I'm asking you guys as fans to believe in this and know that you cannot win an NBA championship without a top five player on your team. Now, we have to add a couple other guys. I think having Anthony Davis, finally, dudes will want to come here. But now, we sign him. We still have money for two. I think two. we'll have money for two more max sure players. One. That, I think you're right, though. No, we'll dump a couple people. We'll make, you better make, we'll make that. that. Look, the Knicks, the first all-black all front office in NBA history oh, better, better make it happen, bro, for me in New York. All right? They yo, the first. Yo, sorry. You don't know how you, you just got me motivated, right? They the first. I believe everything you just said. Like, I felt like I was at the press conference. You're so, the GM right now. They have to make a move. They have to. A power move, a strong one that shows Dolan ain't got nothing to do with what's going right. on here. That's key. That's key. Because Dolan gonna tell you, nah, I can't go through Melo again. I know how what he gonna think. Right. They already killing me. Right. And you're gonna t- and, they, and they gotta tell him this, this ain't the, the Melo deal. Right. This is Elijah Warren at 25. Ooh. Right. This is getting Bird at 25. This is getting LeBron to come at 25. We don't know what AD could do yet. When guys don't play in challenging situations. The only reason why you know who Kyrie, Ir- who um, Kyrie Irving is, is because LeBron James came to that team right. and put him in a position to strut his stuff on the big stage. Right. We don't know who Charles Barkley is. We don't know who Pat is because he never pulled it through. It's just damn, Patrick Ewing was great. He was awesome, but he came up short. So how great is he? Mm-hmm. Not as great as Elijah Wan. I think he's every bit as good as Elijah Wan. But that's not the narrative that right. carries. Right. Now, so Damn, AD got an opportunity here. You think the Knicks are actually gonna pull the trigger? No, I think AD is gonna go to um, LA. Because why would they set now, it up like that during, the, during this uh, free agency period? What if? Nah, no, no. <clears throat> the Pelicans are gonna play tough. Okay. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. That's just. Posturing, because they could easily just trade them off now. Get what you're gonna get. You're not gonna get anything more. But it's your duty as a GM to play your hand all the way to the right. end, or you lose your job. You know, let me find out. We didn't get the guy that's leading the league in three point shooting right now because he was just a throw in and right. did. Right. Right. Let me find out. We, you know, we give AD and we ain't take ball. And dude, averaging a triple double now with AD, which he would. And I don't like him at all. But he would average a triple-double sure. from the point guard position playing with AD, LeBron, and any combination of Kyrie. Or, I mean, he probably averaged 15 fucking assists a game, that dude. Then he'd be like, okay, I don't got to shoot no more. Yeah. Like Ben Simmons don't care about that shit. I don't shoot. Jenna don't care. <laughs> Chicks dig the three-point shooter. No, no, no. Chicks did the six nine light skin NBA player with good hair. Especially when they cut dashes. And some creative passing skills. Yes, and some creative passing skills. A freak of nature with multifaceted skills in every area. So, you know, hey, I, I, I truly think that 80s going to end up in L.A., but I still don't believe what they're talking about. You know, Lakers are guaranteed to make the finals. Make, the win finals? A champ, make To win a championship with LeBron eventually. Oh. Sorry. But, but I don't think so because – it's a very short time span for them. Yeah. Because you don't want a compromised LeBron. Max with LeBron. Dude, I mean, this guy, how long is this guy going to play? Yeah. He already showed this year. But I think, even though I think he's sitting out, there's things going on. Yeah. 
Man, there's things going on right now. I agree. Lakers ain't going nowhere. Ain't no reason to play, my man. And remember, this is the strong stance that Rich Paul takes now. Remember when LeBron came back to practice? They had the story in the newspaper. Rich Paul said, you know, oh, the Lakers need, no. They had the story, Lakers need LeBron back. Yeah. They're falling into the ninth spot. Rich Paul says verbatim, we don't give a shit. Who wants us to come back? We're coming back when we right. damn well ready. Right. So you know how he playing ball. He going to strong arm that AD situation too. And if Kyrie wants back, he going to strong arm that. You know why? Because it's easy to strong arm a team a year before the player leaves for free agency. Yeah. yeah. Three years, you ain't strong in nobody. They going to let it sit. Marinate. That's why those players used to waste away years ago. You sign a six-year deal. With a bum team? That's your business. <laughs> You're going to be 37 when this deal ends. The Knicks couldn't get Glenn Rice till he was washed up. Do you know how and long it, he was the only thing they needed, bro? Damn. A three-point shooter like Glenn Rice. I'm talking about when we had one more guy for John Starks. Mm-hmm. Instead, we went. We had to get Ro, a washed-up Rolando Blackman. That, that was too late. I remember that. You could have got Ro Black three years earlier. John Star, you'd never allowed John Starks to take all them shots. I still don't think when you had when you have see nowadays that would have never happened because in 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 Hubert Davis and and Ro Black you have what you call now today your elite three point specialist. Mm-hmm. They was bench players then. Yeah. Black was Ro, Ro Black was at the end of his career, right. so all he could do was shoot. And Hubert Davis, all he could do was shoot. Right. Nowadays, them guys would have been invaluable. The Knicks would have beat Houston. That would have been upper echelon Steve Novak. Houston had Olajuwon, but they beat the Knicks on three-point shooting. Kenny Smith shot threes. Mario Ellie shot threes. Robert Ory shot threes. Knicks ain't had nobody but John Starr. And we had to pray to God he shed yeah. a three. And a, and a Larry, uh, broke Larry Johnson who revamped his broke-ass meat. Done. He's done. He was he done, was done. He to was be done. a three-point shooter. He was done. And he still only shot like 33%. That's not that bad now. Not for a guy that revamped his whole game. That's not that bad, but it wasn't enough that we needed then. We needed way more, for sure. He would have had to be up around 38. We needed another pure three-point shooter. And then you had the great Allen Houston. And to me, he he ain't shooting no threes. You 6'6 with the shot from God. Yeah. Your pops taught you the shot from God. You have one of the most perfect jump shots in history, and you a 6'6 shooting that jumper. So you 6'10", shooting that jumper. Dude, let her drive. Shoot mid-range. Yeah. I would have had Allen Houston chucking threes all day long, bro. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, me going back to 94 and 2000, uh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Yo, so look, this was great. I didn't think we were going to get, like, this. Uh, this is what I love about this podcast. Like, I don't have no template. Right. I kind of wanted to hear from the, the, the time guests. frame, yep. And, yo, I, I got to thank you, man. Like, how do people find what you write? Like, how do they get in touch with you if that's something you want? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can get in touch with me. I love doing podcasts. I love talking. If, you, if you're ready to really talk about history... And different things and dig deep. I'm one of those funnels. I'm one of them guys. I'm one of the best kept secrets. I can tell you things, you know, and non-incriminating things. Yeah. Funny, com- <laughs> comical things about so many different players in the game. Being from Queens, having friends that are were really deep in hip-hop, really deep in music, really deep in athletics at the same time. Knowing NBA pros, knowing big-time producers. You know, one of, one of my 
great friends is founded Cardi B. You know what I mean? Oh wow! So yeah, my man Shaft. Okay. You, 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 there's a recent interview with her on Hot 97 talking about Shaft. And Shaft found her. Shaft was the one that told her, you don't have to be a stripper. You Shaft from Queens. Shaft made beats for um, Little Kim. He did the whole Little Kim Notorious K.I.M. album. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Shaft had me writing songs back in the day. Nah. Total and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Total? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Which one? Tell yeah. me. One that never got released. Ah. A couple that never got released. I was hoping you were going to say I got that. paid for them, though. <laughs> I got paid I for it. That's another long story. I love Tony. But, you know, a little ghost writing stuff here and there. Yeah, you've been everywhere, kid. You know? But, uh, yo. The Shadow League.com. Shadow, Shadowleague.com. www.theshadowleague, S-H-A-D-O-W, League, L-E-A-G-U-E, for those, you know, phonetically challenged people. <laughs> or you think they people. Flip, flip the script on right. the spelling. .com. Also, you could catch me on Instagram. The Gambler 24. That's where I do most of my business Perfect. on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but not really. You see all my stories posted on Twitter. I kind of fell out of love with Twitter um, a couple years ago. Just, no it's just not a medium that's rocking with what I'm doing. Right. Too tough. You see what I'm saying? Right. Instagram, you can give them more of yourself. They respect your game more on what you do. You All see, right. that's just how I see it. So you, but you can catch me at Fanalyst One if y'all, if anybody listening want to help me get my Twitter up at Fanalyst One. Secret Sauce is the name at Fanalyst One, and um, Yo, the, the profile picture is gonna be my wife though. That's what you're gonna see. <laughs> oh, in case you get confused. Yeah, but but you're gonna see me at the top um, at a at the All Star Game. It's All Star Game. So you to close, mm-hmm. Fanalyst. I know Fife is gone. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts? About potentially resurfacing that somehow. I do. I do. What's stopping you? I do want to. Time? Don't give me no bullshit. No, I'm not giving no bullshit. Time and all the things I'm doing with my kids, honestly, and the sometimes, you know, the drive to do what you might think in your head is starting all over. Yeah. It's discouraging sometimes. To start from the bottom. To start all over. Yeah. But you're not really starting all over when you put in work. And if you, you see what I'm saying? It, and you love it, it don't matter anyway. Don't matter. So nothing's stopping me. And I have something that I plan right now that by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.